Okay, so tell me about your favorite day of the week. I actually really like Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of My Wax Museum. My name is Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by my friend Jeff Pinaga. Now, Jeff is a fantastic guy. I, I mean, I can't say anything bad about this guy. He's, he's kind, and he's intelligent, and he's hardworking. And today he shares with us the importance of family and friends and surrounding ourselves by good influences and how those people can affect us. Remember, after today's show, take some time out of your day to just sit and listen, to hear somebody's story, learn from them what's going on, and appreciate them that much more. Uh, Jeff Pinaga, mm-hmm. welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Uh, so why don't we start with where you were born? Sure. I was born here in Calgary, actually, um, at Foothills Hospital, okay. May 17th, uh, 2001. Two- yeah. Wow. You're young. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're actually, yeah, you're probably, you're probably like the second youngest person I've had on the show. Oh really? Yeah. The youngest being my little sister. So I don't oh. know if that even counts. <laughs> um, so May 17th in mm-hmm. Calgary. Yep. 2001. Yep. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and then how do we know each other? We actually met by surprise at a Theology of the Body conference at uh, St. Mike's in about March, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was at March. the very beginning of March. Yes, yeah. 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 And you came up to me because we were both there by ourselves, I mm-hmm. think. So yeah, and I was just sitting by myself and we introduced each other and you know, yeah, just yeah. things kind of just went from there. Yeah, it was kind of mm-hmm. cool because I... I mean, I was wandering around, around, didn't know anybody mm-hmm. like at all. You at least knew some people who were there, right? Yeah. And uh, but then I was just wandering around. I was like, don't know anybody here. Literally, no one except for the organizer who's off doing his stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, well, here's somebody sitting alone. <laughs> I'll sit with him. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then we chatted a lot and hung out for that whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And now you're on my show. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, things just kind of went from there. That's how it happens. Yep. So after after being birthed in Calgary, have you lived in Calgary your whole life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Born and raised here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all in the South because you live in the Southwest, right? Yes. Yeah. All in the South. Mm-hmm. Really? And yeah. so, uh, I mean, I'm from the South as well. Uh-huh. So do you, with, with the North of Calgary, do you have like that haze over it almost? Like you don't even know what's up <laughs> there kind of thing? Or yeah. have you traveled up there much? A little bit, because I had one cousin who was up there for a little bit, so we visited maybe like once every few months. But like for the most part, all I knew is that there was a Chuck E. Cheese up there. Really? That was it, yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the only thing the North has to offer. Exactly. And, you know. <laughs> um, and then, and then, so growing up here, um, what what has that experience been like? Has that been positive what have you learned? How have you grown? And, and what sorts of things do you do you like and dislike around the city? I guess that's a loaded question, but you can kind of <laughs> answer however you want that. Oh, yeah. So, well, like, because I have a Filipino background, right? Right. And so just coming back and forth here, because I visited a few times the Philippines, it's just like, 
to see like how much of a different lifestyle that I live here compared to some of my family back home. Like mm -hmm. it's just so much of a blessing to be here and like, you know, in the city, I th honestly think there's no place I'd rather be in Canada than here. But, you know, as for the city, you know, sometimes I just look outside in September and, you know, it might be snowing and I'm just like, oh, sometimes I just wish I wasn't here, but yeah. you know, it just makes it all part of the unique experience being part of the city. So, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then do you, I mean, you, you said you have a Filipino background, which is apparent. It's not like I'm like, oh, really? Like, I had no idea. Uh, have you gone back often to the Philippines? Um, not recently, but yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been there for about four times. Like the last time was 2013. Okay. But yeah, before then it was pretty uh, like, you know, consistent about when we'd go every right. like two, three, four years. Okay. Yeah. So so it wasn't like a once in a lifetime thing. You've mm -hmm. been back a few times. Yeah. 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 And and you said you said that it's quite different. What sorts of differences do you notice between there and here? So the biggest thing that I noticed was the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz like once you step off the plane into Manila is usually the first place we land in Philippines. Yeah. And like you can just feel the humidity. It's just the, your shirt just kind of sticks to you. Yeah. And like but yeah, um the biggest things is just like people sort of get like a culture shock when they go to, you know, Philippines or even some of the other Asian countries, like, especially if you see like the impoverished areas and mm -hmm. I've kind of seen that, that part and, you know, it's just like, wow, these people, you know, they're, it's really unfortunate just to be watching them, but like, you know, it just kind of reminds you how blessed you are to live here. Right. In, yeah. In this country. Yeah. Is it, is it hard? Cause I've. I've had this conversation with somebody else on that I've had on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, they were on like a year ago almost. Uh, but they talked about going to these places and gaining that perspective and coming back with that perspective. When you come back here, how how do you maintain that that view? That that view that you really do have it good. Well, like I just think about some of the stuff that maybe those people don't have that mm -hmm. I have here or the experiences that they don't get to have that I get to have here. Right. Right. Like, I don't know, maybe driving a car. That's might be one of the first things. Cause they, you know, it's not really much of a driving place. You get around by foot most of the time where you take like a, what they have, what's called a tricycle. And it's like a motorcycle attached to like this kind of cab sort of hmm. thing. And it's like, it's really awesome. But yeah, other than that, probably cabs, but and just like the different, I guess, yeah, experiences that they they wouldn't have that we have here, you know. Right. Snow <laughs> being yeah. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just like the contrasts in, uh, you know, their society and ours. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you still have a lot of family over there, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what, have they come over here and have they said anything about the way that they see Canada versus the Philippines? So, um, most of my cousins from the Philippines haven't had a chance to come here yet, but all of my, I have three aunts and uncles there. Um, one uncle, two aunts, uh, on my dad's side, and they have got the chance to come here, uh, in about 2006. And they just really liked like the atmosphere and like how everybody treated them. Hmm. Cause like they had a really good experience just, uh, being able to come here because the circumstances were kind of rocky. My grandpa was passing away with cancer that year right so um they needed to come over to like see him for the last time right and just right. like i can't remember who it was a 
from Stephen Harper's office or something, and like they had some sort of official that like really paved the way for them to come here like easily. Really. So yeah, so they were really pleased with that, and they just like were really thankful that they got the chance to come here and just just meeting everybody like you know in our community uh, that they've never met before. Yeah, it was really awesome. So yeah, they thought it was really nice here. <laughs> That's sweet. I mean, I like it here too. I, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I I think most people do. Yeah. So you talk about the the community. What what sort of community is that? Is that community of Filipinos here? Uh, yeah, just like a family friends that they've never right. met before. Even the church community, because you know they went to church here too when they were here. Right. So just meeting some of our friends from there who are also from other cultural backgrounds too. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, the I mean I know there are a lot of Filipinos here. So mm-hmm. what is the Filipino community like in Calgary? It's very, uh, I'd say it's like, it's kind of divided almost. Like, there's a lot of people who, and I don't know, like, they, they're from a different area, so we might not speak the same dialect mm-hmm. of Filipino. But uh, honestly, like, sometimes my if my dad sees, like, a Filipino person at the supermarket or something, he starts conversing with them. So it's kind of divided in a sense that we're not all the same, like, from from the same places in Philippines. Right. But once we see each other, you know, it's really brought together. So yeah, that's really awesome part about it. That's sweet. Yeah, mm. cuz I know I mean I've never met a mean Filipino ever, you know. <laughs> they've all been very nice at least to my face. So mm-hmm. and uh how how was that for you growing up having that having that community as a as a kid? It was really great, you know, just like we have so many traditions, I guess, that we have that a lot of people don't have. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just uh, seeing those traditions being carried on to other people who might not necessarily be part of our family or even part of, like, our close, like, family friend circle. Right. To see those traditions being carried on, you know, when you visit, like, a, a friend's house of, like, my mom's or something who's not really in their close circle. It's, like, just to see the same sort of customs or traditions or, you know, it's sort of the cultural aspects of everything. Right. Yeah. And and so, despite being born here uh, and growing up here, do you still feel quite connected with that history? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, if I have kids one day, it's definitely something I'll be passing on to them. Right. So yeah, it's just been really yeah awesome with you know the connection with all yeah. the community. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so you, I mean, how how do you maintain? that that connection to your filipino ancestry because i mean you're fr- you're canadian right mm-hmm. uh, i'm assuming you don't have a filipino citizenship no i do not yeah and so so how do you how do you maintain that historical ethnicity and nationality and and kind of i guess i guess take pride in it or cherish the the things that that are a part of that community and that identity for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I just like to carry on with those traditions, I guess. Like one of the biggest things is like when you visit a grandparent or even like an aunt or uncle, you take their hand and you like put it to your head like that. It's called you hmm. bless them or in Filipino it's called mano. So like you take your hand and you bless them like that. It's called blessing, I guess, in English. But right. yeah, so that's something that I continue to do and even like the food just the food and following filipino news too because like you know my my dad watches it on tv and just like seeing the things that are going on there just helps mm. me you know keep connected with everything that's going on but also like helps me maintain that aspect of myself right mm-hmm. and why do you think why do you think it's important to do that 
or maybe you don't think it's important to do that, but why do you do it? Well, I do it like because it's a form of respect, right, for your right. elders. So I think it really just like gives you the impression that, oh, this person is, you know, I have to respect this person because they're older than me or because of their, you know, relation to me, right? So, right. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think there are a lot of cultures, I think in most cultures, a respect for your elders is pretty deep into it and, mm-hmm. and everybody has their different way of expressing that. Um, and then growing up, did you ever have a hard time doing that? Did you ever not want to partake in that culture? Did you ever just kind of not care and cast it aside a little bit? Well, not really, but, the, you know, there were some things that was just like, because uh, I feel, well, when I was growing older, you know, like, Filipinos have, like, such a great sense of pride, right? Right. And, like, I just, when I was growing older, it sort of seemed to me like it was a bit overt. Like, it was just, this is too much. Like, it's good to be proud, but, like, you know, this, there was a point where it's just like, wow, these people are really, really proud. Really? Like, and I was just like, oh, wow, it's just, this is too much a little bit, but, you know. It's it's the same, but you know I have sort of like a respect for them because you know oh, they're just taking part in their culture. So, right, mm-hmm. right. How does that how does that pride manifest? Oh, they they sing songs about like how proud they are and like you know really? yeah and uh, some other things like some programs and they like to show every single time like there's a Filipino contestant on like let's say like America's Got Talent or something yeah. like it would be it would go viral like immediately because all these Filipinos are blowing it up. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's kind of, I mean, I, I think anybody does that with any, you know, club or group mm-hmm. that they're a part of. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and so you used to think that was a little much. Do you still yeah. think it's a little bit much or how do you understand it? Sometimes. Yeah. There's like, sometimes when I see stuff on like Facebook or something, I was like, okay, this is, this is a bit much, but you know, I still maintain that like, oh, okay, you know, they're just taking part in their culture and just, you're being proud of you know, our culture. So, right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and how, how does that affect the, the community? Does it strengthen it to, to have that, have that pride? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It does strengthen it. Yeah. And then what's, um, what, what's something, I don't know. This, this is kind of a thought I just had, uh, while you were growing up, you at home do you speak tagalog um well i didn't speak it but i always understood um, okay not tagalog but as different dialect called karaya right because there are like a ton of different dialects Uh in the philippines right Mm -hmm. and and so and it's called karaya karaya yeah so it's like k-a-r-a-y hyphen a okay karaya yeah (laughs) okay and so so growing up you know, you've got kind of this different culture at home and you're probably going to school with just a bunch of other Canadian kids, right? Were there any times when you, when you went home and you were like, oh, this is so Filipino, like just the culture was so different from what you saw at school or, uh, or outside with your friends? Oh yeah. Yeah. There was like sometimes, you know, cause like when I was starting out in school, like about kindergarten ish, there was probably one other Filipino kid in my class. So like the, the, the presence of Filipinos in Calgary at that time wasn't very high right. as it is now. Right. But, right. Um, yeah, before like my mom, you know, she has an accent right still, but so like the way she would say uh, certain words, like 
they'd be kind of, you know, different, right? Right. So I would go to school and I'd be like, what's that? It's like, oh, it's this. It was like, oh, but my mom said it a different way. And it's just, so it was just like thinking about, oh, this, maybe it's just my mom's Filipino accent. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> has there been anything that you've said with a Filipino accent because that's just the way you learned to say it? Oh yeah, absolutely. In in second grade, actually, uh, we were learning about grammar, right? Right. And so we were learning about apostrophes mm-hmm. and my dad, it was my dad this time because he also has like sort of an accent, but um, he always told me that it's an apostrophe. So like, oh, okay. so I like my, um, one of my classmates was the one who answered the question because the teacher was just like, oh, what's this thing right here? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, pick me, pick me. But she got picked and she said apostrophe. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> I was like, this is not the, the way I learned it. Suddenly Jeff's incredibly confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your whole world is in shambles. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't till later that I realized, oh, it's maybe because of their accent. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, you hear things a certain way and then you... Mm-hmm. You think nothing of it, right? Exactly. I mean, even even me, I've I've had that in my life too. And I was born and raised here. My parents were born and raised here. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, things that kind of trickle down the generations, exactly. right? Yeah. You can kind of trace it back. Mm-hmm. That's that's hilarious. And uh, <laughs> and so growing up in in Calgary all your life, mm-hmm. do you still have a lot of the same friends you had when you were younger? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially from um, just the early sort of school years like grades one two three i think they right. call it like division one or something yeah but yeah from those years i still a lot of people in my friend group i'd probably say 95 percent are still like you know from that sort of really great area yeah wow that's mm-hmm. awesome do you yeah. have uh do you have any f- friends in particular that have really uh made an impact on your life oh yeah just hanging out with some people and just you know, with our different interests or yeah, most of the same interests, but also our different interests have also brought us together, you know, just Mm. like giving each other a a sense of identity about each other. Right. So, yeah. And so how, I mean, in a group you mentioned, you know, you have, you have the same interests a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and, you know, that can bond you, but then what more do those differing interests do to bring you together as a group? Well, we just kind of like get different impressions about each other. Just like, oh, right. they're into this. Oh, I didn't know that. Or like, oh, that's really cool that they're into this. You know, like right. my friend could be like if, for me because I was the kind of like a different kid because I love church, right? So right. it was like, oh, he's different. It's like, oh, so they always ask me questions about it. And they say, oh, that's really cool. How And, you know, we respond the same way. I respond the same way to my other friends who were part of different things like martial arts i never took martial arts growing up but right i was just like wow that's so cool like you know to learn to defend yourself and just to learn all these cool moves and stuff yeah 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 i mean and that's kind of i mean that's the point of what this show is is for me to ask questions because you have different interests than i do mm-hmm. right and uh, and so it's cool for me because i get to learn a ton of stuff about different people and so with you you know um you mentioned at the beginning that we met at the Theology of the Body Conference, which is a Catholic conference, mm-hmm. um, or is put on by the uh, Diocese of Calgary, right? Yes. That, is that yeah. the right kind of vernacular? <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a really cool event. And so you've always, you, you said that you're the, the friend that's into church. Mm-hmm. And so why, why are you into church? 
Well, just being raised, and again, it goes back to the Filipino background, right? Because right. like most of the Philippines is Catholic. So I was raised in a really cradle Catholic family, and um, my we had a family friend who was a priest. So I think I told you that at the mm-hmm. conference, yeah. yeah. And he's just had just like an amazing impact on my life, and he still influences me today. Just like thinking back some of the things he told me, you know, and just like his example, and yeah, so. That's really what brought it forward, and we had to go to church every Sunday. So, right. yeah, just being there and just being so fascinated by what was going on, and just just to, like a longing to learn more about the faith. That's what really like propelled me forward. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. is there anything in particular? I I know some people have like an event, um, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. But is there anything at all in your life that you can point to and say that was when I realized? you know, I was interested in this when you, when you looked at it and you said, that's interesting. Oh yeah. Especially for the church thing. Like yeah. at mass, um, there's the, there's a one part of the mass where the priest elevates the bread mm-hmm. and kind of lifts it up. And like, when I looked at that, cause simultaneously, usually they have bells ringing when they right. do that. Okay. And I'm just like, wow, what the heck is that? So like, that's, that's what really like, you know, started me off with that. Just like, wow, this is really cool. Like, why do they do that? You know? So, yeah. Huh. And, and, and so what did you do with that question? What did you do with the, why do they do that? So I, well, I asked my dad and it's basically just like, I think he told me at the time it was just to show the people right like right after that moment. And so I was just like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And he does the same thing with the wine too. Right. So yeah. And, basically what I did with that was when I was a little kid, I always liked to play mass. So like I'd, you know, pretend to celebrate mass and do that sort of stuff. So yeah. Cool kid. eh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get your buddies together. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then, and then you, so you were raised very Catholic. You went to Mm -hmm. church every week Yeah. and you also, you went to Catholic school your whole life. Yes. Right. And so a lot of the friends you talked about, they're also Catholic, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. And and so how do you become the churchy one in a group of Catholics? Like what separates you from all of them? Honestly, it's it's kind of unfortunate that I mentioned this too because I think most of them didn't really go to church every Sunday like the way that we did, right? Right. Because we were really involved with the parish community just like with that priest family friend because, right. you know, we would – be in the church, you know, more more often than you know others would be. Right. So I think they they weren't really immersed, I guess you could say, in their faith. Yeah. So yeah, that's really what kind of you know pulled me out from the bunch. Hmm. And were there any times? I mean, you said you were fascinated with it, but just like with the Filipino community, were there any times where you felt you didn't want to be as immersed in the church community? Uh, not really, like, but sometimes I just be tired of getting up early in the morning for church. Right. But that was like a little kid sort of thing, right? And then yeah, we'll move past that, yeah. Right, and then and then now, obviously, I mean, you went to the theology of the body conference, which isn't like a Catholic light thing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's you sign up for this event, you pay for this event, and you go, and it's all two day, all day thing. Um, what? What drew you to that? I think just like being fascinated by the whole theology of the body, like letters that um, John Paul II wrote, and just like wanting to know more about what, how God ties into, you know, our bodies, right? And just like right. 
there's the whole science thing too. So, you know, all the elements that kind of come together that really show how fascinating the human body is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And so is John Paul II, Pope John Paul yes. II. Yeah, Pope. That's yeah. who, and it was a series of letters he Yeah, wrote? and then it was kind of compiled together, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, very similar. It's very New Testamentish. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> huh. Okay, and uh, and I mean, I kind of got an idea of what the the letters are about from the from the conference, and mm -hmm. I encourage anybody who's curious. I mean, go and check it out. Yeah. Um. And and so is that like it's a continuing of your faith and a, a carrying forward of that. Now you're right now you're in high school. Yes. Uh, you're actually the only person I have ever interviewed who is currently in high school. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, I've gotten a lot of, you know, uh, hindsight perspectives on it, mm -hmm. on what people felt about high school, how, how they enjoyed it, you know, looking back. Uh, but I've never interviewed somebody who is currently, right now, at this moment, in high school. <laughs> so tell me about that. What is your, what, what's your high school experience like? What do you think about it? I'm just loving high school. Like it's just, it was awesome. It's been awesome. Like these past three years, it's, uh, you know, it was a really step up from middle school, junior high, I guess right. you could say. Right. So yeah. And just like, cause we went from 40 minute periods in junior high to like, you know, 80 minute periods. And I was just like, mm -hmm. it feels the same for some reason, but it's just, it's awesome. Like I just love being there and just being part of the community. Like you meet so many new people in high school. Cause like, you're not just restricted to your, I guess maybe a hundred grade nine kids or something. Now you have like a thousand students in one school. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and the way they do their classes is different yeah. and everything. So would you say, I mean, obviously you've met more people. Have you made more friends too? Have you brought more people into your circle? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. A lot more people. <laughs> yeah. And is there, has there been, uh, have there been any experiences in high school that have particularly impacted you? I think just being part of the high school choir, actually. Really? Just yeah. like, yeah, because like, it's just a different sort of thing. Cause our choir is actually out of the schedule. Okay. So like, uh, I mean the timetable, I guess you could say, cause right. it's, uh, before school and after school. Okay. So yeah. Um, just being part of that, just like, it's just a new experience for me. Cause I was never in a choir before then. Right. But yeah, it was just really awesome to be part of that still is awesome to be part of that yeah and so okay so you were never in a choir before that you say yeah why did you join it well first of all it's for the credits and then, right because like, i love music but um you know it's like i love music and you can get credits doing it so why not mm -hmm. and uh before that i actually played uh in band mm -hmm. so i played the tenor sax for one year and then french horn for the last two in, in junior high okay so I was just like, I don't want to have to lug around an instrument for the next three years, so I'll just like work on my voice. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I'm curious, going because I've I've never played an instrument. Um, so going from an instrument to vocals, what was that shift like? Did you have an easy time adjusting because you already had some musical understanding and some knowledge, or I I don't know what what was that like for you? It was a, it was a pretty like, well, it was kind of easier because like, I didn't have to, 
you know, blow into an instrument, learn all the fingerings, like the right. mouth shape. Cause I can just sing, you know, and just as long as you're on pitch, I guess you're fine. But yeah, it was a pretty easy transition. Cause you know, I like to sing before that too. So. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, as long as you're on pitch, right. Yeah. That's easier said than done sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Have you, so, so being in choir, you've done it all three years of high school. Yes, I have. Yeah. And, and what, and and you say that's been a huge impact on you. Why? Like, what has that done for you? I think just, like, my dedication to something that's, like, not even in, like, the program of school. So right. just being part of an extracurricular activity. Yeah. And just, like, meeting new people, too. And just, like, yeah, just being part of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Being part of choirs before myself, it, it is this very interesting community, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're making a song together right exactly yeah and so it is it is really cool and uh and so do you i mean i'm curious you're you're graduating soon actually by the time this podcast comes out you'll probably be graduated oh yeah <laughs> as long as your grades are up jeff yes, yes. Um, and so do you have any plans to keep singing afterwards um i was thinking that i'm probably not going to join the university choir yeah but um just like as a thing on the side, probably like, cause I had a band with my cousins. We okay. were starting to get back together, but yeah. uh, everybody's kind of busy. So that's always been like on the side for me. So not like maybe in a, a like a, like a choir setting I'd be singing, but always on the side, you know, right be there. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I know, I know music. I mean, I think anybody can agree. Music is a part of their life oh, in yeah. some form or another, mm -hmm. right? You're singing, playing, listening, yeah. right? Music's really universal and uh, and beautiful. Exactly. So you mentioned university. Mm -hmm. uh, do you start right in September? Uh, I or believe so. You... Yeah. Really? Yeah. And where are you going? Uh, university of Calgary. Okay. Yeah. And and so tell me a little bit about that. Why why UFC and what are you studying? Uh, well, I'm studying religious studies. So I'm taking a BA in that. And University of Calgary because I don't know. I just love like. I wanted to stay local mm -hmm. this year because I also got accepted to the U of A for the same thing for religious studies. Right. But you know, just to save money and you know, uh, my all my friends, uh, most of my friends are going to U of C too. Okay. So just be a different experience and yeah. Yeah, Staying that's local. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so religious studies, what what will that entail? So I think it's more so world religions, like a okay. very general understanding of all different world religions. Right. Um, and yeah, so just understanding like other sort of smaller religions, I guess you could say like uh, Hindus or Buddhism or something like that. Yeah. And, and why, uh, why do you want to dive into that? Why do you want to study religion in general? I'm just so fascinated by like all the different beliefs that people have or the way they see God or like, or God's like, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. the multi, you know, God religions, right. There's a name for it, but it's, it's not coming to mind. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So just, I'm just so fascinated by the way people like have seen God and the, just their beliefs. Right. Yeah. And, and so have you, have you already studied those things at all? Even just kind of on Wikipedia, like, is, is there anything interesting about other religions you've already learned? 
Uh, yeah, some of the, like, the main religions, but, like, not, like, the smaller ones, like, right. Buddhism is probably, I haven't really looked into that, or, like, Sikhism, but, like, you know, Islam and uh, Judaism, I've I've looked into those more, because, like, they're kind of the main ones, right, I guess you could Especially say. Especially in the West here. Exactly, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I've, lo- I've done a little bit of research, kind of as part of school, too, because that's what we learn in the religion curriculum, too. Right. So, just a little bit, but, you know, just, even that little bit has made me pretty interested in some of the stuff that they believe and the different traditions and customs that they have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so you learned about that stuff in school. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a Catholic school. So what? why is a Catholic school teaching about these other religions? Like, what's the what's the point of that and why is that a, why is that a thing? I think it's just to, like, to show what sorts of different, like, religions, um, what they believe in too and, like, their ideas of like we had this chart to fill in in one year and it was just like the christian belief about this the and then it was like the jewish belief the islam belief or like the buddhist belief but hmm. yeah so it was just like what they believe on certain things and why and they're like d- different traditions and customs and like you know their ideas of what we might see in christianity is like for something else like different prophets or just different people in their religion too right yeah that's interesting. I mean, uh, I just took a world religions course, and and it's it is really interesting uh-huh. to to learn about these other cultures and groups and stuff, right? And I mean, I'm not Catholic, but I went to your <laughs> theology of the body conference, and that yeah. was that was really cool as well, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so so getting into that in university, uh, certainly you're going to learn a lot. Like that's really going to open up. Uh, perspective for you oh yeah i imagine Mm -hmm. and and then where does that take you you get a bachelor's of art and religious studies and then what i kind of see it as like i've got two different streams as of right now you know there could be different things yeah but i i'm kind of like set on the path of becoming a teacher but what's in the back of my mind right now is becoming a catholic priest Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking about that too but um I'm kind of studying on the route as if I was going to become a teacher right? because the priest thing, you know, they have a lot of other courses on top of whatever you had in college, even if, if you even went to college for some of them or university, but yeah, so this degree will like benefit me either way or which, you know, which way I go. Yeah. So it's just kind of thinking smart for the future, just like to see, Oh, I could go this way. So this degree would be smart to take, or I could go the other way and it still benefit me. So Right. Yeah, that's the kind of the understanding that I have. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and you know, the world's your oyster, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much out there. And so, tell me first, um, why why would you want to be a teacher? Uh, and then I'd like to hear why you would want to hear be a Catholic priest. Sure. So I'd love to be a teacher because, like, I just love sharing knowledge with others right because you know when you have like a bunch of knowledge stored up in your noggin you know you just gotta share that with people right right? and i just love being able to do that yeah so yeah and for being a catholic priest just the example that the priest my family friend uh had on me and just like the impact that he's had and just being part of this like my catholic community is really like showing me the different priests that i've like worked with too and like ultra served with um yeah, just seeing them and just like, I want to be like them. You know, mm-hmm. the great priests that I've that I've worked with, that I've served for, you know, it's just seeing them and like, you know, just being so awestruck by what they do and just like 
the fascination with the ministry that they have. Right. So, yeah. That's awesome. And uh, what what kind of age group would you want to teach if you became a teacher? I'd probably say like maybe grades four, five, six, or like really? maybe early junior high. Or yeah, early, yeah, just junior high, or you know, four, five, six. Yeah. Always and why? Why those grades? Well, you know. First reason, I'm not really that good with small children, so, yeah. you know, I, I have a patience, but it's not, you know, that big, Yeah. but uh, grades four, five, six, you know, they're starting to mature, and, like, you know, they, they know what's, you know, right from wrong, obviously, and, like, right. you know, it's just just a different dynamic, I guess, right? Like, it's yeah. just a different age group, and they just sort of have, like a, like, a better understanding of what's going on around them, right? Right. Yeah. That is interesting, and I, I mean... Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. And and what subjects would you want to teach? If you did that, would you end up kind of teaching all subjects? I think you would, or yeah. just kind of going wherever they want you? Because junior high level stuff and elementary level stuff, it's all kind of, mm-hmm. it's for the most part like kind of common knowledge that like a lot of people yeah. know about it, right? And uh, And then why not high school? Well, actually, high school, yeah, I was about to mention that, too, because high school, with the religious studies degree, especially if you become, like, a high school religion teacher, mm-hmm. you know, that's exactly what you're supposed to teach, is the world religions and, like, well, not necessarily world religions, but, like, it's a very big part of the curriculum now. Right. So, yeah, um, high school teacher for religion, that would be cool, but, yeah, grades four, five, six, if I was to teach in that, you know, age group, then, yeah. Right. Or if I was to teach in, like, an elementary school or something like that, like, kindergarten to grade nine, I'd pick that sort of age group hmm. yeah <laughs> that'd be awesome man mm-hmm. that'd be really cool and uh and then becoming a catholic priest how does that work because i don't i don't understand i know you kind of get moved around a little bit like do you just kind of you get told to go somewhere and you go and minister so basically like the like the process of how to become a priest um you go to what's called a seminary okay and it's like a special school for you know meant to become priests mm-hmm. and you take I, th- I believe it's four years philosophy and then five years theology and then after that you have like you get ordained as a de- what's called a deacon and you I think you spend one year as a deacon and then after that you become a priest so yeah and then as of as for like being located wherever your bishop tells you to go like you got to go uh, like there but it's within like the diocese which is basically like a certain jurisdictional area right yeah right so you stay so when you when you complete your schooling in the seminary you stay with with a certain diocese how do you pick a diocese you just move there and you know put in your application um if you want to well usually if you're like let's say i became a priest here i would be for the diocese of calgary right so like but if i wanted to move maybe to like i don't know somewhere in Ontario, maybe. Um, they, I think we'd have to go through the bishop, and then they'd have to talk about moving me there. But yeah, that's kind of how it works. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah. And so you get a little bit of choice. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, like, you're going to be in kind of southern Alberta. Yeah. Right kind of thing. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, as far as I know, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, rule change and whatever, right? Exactly, but yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... You you've told me a lot about um, the the Catholic Church and your your upbringing and and what church means to you and all of that. 
I want to hear a little bit about your hobbies. What do you do for fun? Sure. Um, I love music, as I said. Like, right. I play guitar. And okay. Play piano. I've been playing more piano, though. I've, But, uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, and singing, too. Just being, you know, involved in music. Yeah. Uh, I also like hiking. I love hiking. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I get a chance, I go um, working out, too. When, well, you know, not so much now, but before, like lifting weights, you know doing that sort of thing. That's what I love doing. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're very active (laughs) and very creative. I mean, you seem like a very well-rounded person, you know, like hiking and playing music. Music is also very intellectual as Mm -hmm. well as creative. And, and I mean, I'm not sure those are even two separate things, but that's another (laughs) conversation. Are there any good hikes out here? I mean, we're close to the mountains. Are there any ones in particular that you really enjoy? Um, well, usually when I go with my friends, we just go around Fish Creek. So we just try oh, to get yeah. lost in the forest whenever yeah. we can. But around here, um, there is this one, I forgot what the, it's like, oh, I think it's Barrier Dam. This is the, that was the only one that I've really been on recently. But like, there's a dam at the bottom, but it's like the Barrier Lookout hike or something. Okay. It's not too, too bad, but the view is pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a pretty easy hike. You could probably finish it in like two, three hours to get up and then okay. the descent is pretty fast. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. And I mean, the view from the top, whenever you get, yeah. you know, to your destination, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of getting to your destination, mm-hmm. uh, your quote unquote final destination at the end of your life, when you're looking back, this could be, you know, 80 years from now, a hundred years from now, you know, hopefully in that range. Yeah. When you're at the very end, you're looking back on everything you've done. Uh, what is something, what is something you want to be able to say you are proud of? And what is something you want to look back on and say, man, that was way awesome. Like, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) So I think what I'll really look back on is just like the different memories that I've made with people. Just like, all the different experiences brought together, like just because of all the hobbies that I've, you know, been a part of or like partake in, I guess you could say, yeah. and all like the, like the different church things I'm part of, but also like the other stuff with my family, just making memories with them. That's really what I'm going to look back upon. Just like sort of the character that I've kind of made for myself. Right. Right. So, yeah. And then what was your other question? And what was, what, what's something you want to look back on? That's just like way awesome. That's super cool. Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I think there's there's been a lot of experiences along the way, but and there's certainly more to come. Yeah. But so far, I think like just hanging out with my family, really. I just love being with my cousins. And I think the biggest thing was when we got together, because we, we had a band, right? Or we right. still have one, but we're just not really that active. Right. We played in um, Olympic Plaza for the Filipino Fiesta. Oh, really? Uh, I think two or three times. Uh, so, yeah, we were part of like the pioneer started a group when it's first started in Calgary in about 2015. Yeah. So just looking back upon that, it was such a bad day for like in terms of the weather. Yeah. But like we just like kind of braved the cold and like the rain and it was just awesome. Like just being able to do that was just amazing. <laughs> That's super cool, man. Yeah. I mean, obviously for you, uh, family and faith, that's, you know, that's where it's at. You're yeah. a super wholesome dude and uh and I, I think, you know, whatever you choose to do, I think you will have that same good effect, that positive effect 
that you talked about your family friend having on you, mm-hmm. you know, on on the whoever you end up teaching, right? Whether it's as a priest, a teacher, or something else, right? I think you're going to do great, and you're a really wholesome guy. So thank <laughs> you for taking the time to chat with well, me, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening, not just to the show, but to the people around you in your life. Thanks also to my dad for letting us record this episode at his office. Finding recording space, especially as a student, can be difficult. But I always appreciate having these conversations wherever they happen. Before we wrap up here and tie everything up with a nice little bow, I want to highlight that idea of wherever. Wherever these conversations happen, wherever we meet these people, Jeff and I met at a Catholic conference. I'm not Catholic, so I was somewhere that I normally wouldn't be. But taking that time to go somewhere else and go out of my comfort zone and experience something that I wouldn't normally experience opened up that door for this conversation and I'm sure many more down the line. I hope that you take the time, wherever you are, whenever it is, at the bus stop, at work, on the train, on the car ride, to take some time to sit and listen to someone close to you, to someone new, or a complete stranger. People need a listening ear. And people need to talk, too. Thank you again for listening. Not just to the show, but to the people in your life. Knights and Nerds is not just an actual play D&D podcast with an original campaign being played by a group of friends who tolerate each other. It's also a podcast where I, the Dungeon Master, talk about how I'm adapting to the choices the players make, as well as revealing to you, the audience, the complex story and deadly twists that I have in store for my players. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or at knightsandnerds.com.